Hi there, Glocal Citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I'm your host, Florence Adu, and welcome back to part two of my conversation with Tem Blessed. He is a hip-hop artist and environmental justice activist. He is also the author of the stunning 250-plus page young audience graphic novel, Lanetta Blue. He wrote this story to inspire the next generation of youth of color. He was born Themistocles Ferreira, and I think I may have even gotten that pronunciation a little bit messed up, but it's a beautifully sounding name. And if you missed it in part one of the conversation, do a rewind because it's a beautiful name and it's very meaningful. So he is a multi-talented keynote speaker, astounding audiences with this unique blend of poetry, hip hop music, and relevant social messages, which you got a little bit of a taste of in our conversation in part one. So right, without any more delay, let's get back right into the conversation with Tem Blessed. So I feel like that, um, my next question was my global uh, speak question. Uh, nice. okay. <laughs> and this is where we want to hear what you hear. So I ask you to share a word, phrase, or saying that is a meaningful part of your local experience and why or how you came to value it as global speak. And I feel like that said a lot, <laughs> but if you do have some more global speak, please share. Yeah. I mean, I, I always, and I love, you know, the first time I saw Glocal, I was like, did she make, and I was like, oh no, I caught it right away. You know, think globally, act locally. This has always been a mantra of mine, you know, because mm-hmm. as a secret city representative, right, as, as mm-hmm. you said, like a lot of people don't know about the brilliance of New Bedford. And, and honestly, that's, you could probably go around and, and see, you know, some of these other cities similar that are smaller, that maybe been overlooked, but, you know, New Bedford always realized, or at least, you know, a lot of people that were in my cohort, let's call it that way, mm-hmm. we realized the power and the potential that we had within us. And so whenever I would travel to LA or back to Portugal or Austin or New Orleans, you know, even though I was from New Bedford and not New York or whatever, like we knew like, hey, we have a voice, we have a lot to say, We're honoring our our ancestors. And so although we're coming at it from a local perspective, it's very much global and everything is local. As global as Mm -hmm. things are, Mm -hmm. it's very much local, right? And, you know, a lot of times, you know, some of my peers, we kind of like frown a little bit at or cringe a little bit when people are like, oh, that's a local artist. And I'm like, well... Everyone's local, right? Like right. Biggie Everyone was local. Place. Yeah. Biggie was local for Brooklyn, right? And you know, in Tupac, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. you know, it's local for, for Oakland, you know what I mean? Or whoever, whoever it is, it's like it's just the, the will and the drive that you have. And then if you can build up a movement, right? If there's enough people that are like, hey, we feel that spirit and we're gonna, you know, move in that spirit, that all of a sudden, you know, a blip comes up. And so we always, you know, wanted to put New Bedford on the map, knew that New Bedford was always on the map, whether it was from the Tavares, was another group that came out of out of New Bedford, you know, mm-hmm. they had that hit song, like a penny for your thoughts, a nickel for Oh, your yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right? A bunch <laughs> of burning guys who, you know, just came up. But the reality is, is that, yeah, we're all local. I like to think of it independent, right, as an independent artist mm-hmm. doing my thing. But keeping in mind the world, and we have to at this point, we know that the world is, is really as big as, it, as she is, She's really that small also. And so everything that we do, we have to keep in mind how it's going to ripple out across the globe. And so, 
that's always in my consciousness at my forefront because I want life to continue. You know, I have four children. I want them to have many children and, and, you know, seven generations and beyond is the goal, right? And so we keep that in mind. And I think to answer that question, like I came out of the barbershop after putting out, you know, one of my hip hop songs called Dilemma from Stella Negra. And this little girl, little black girl, Cape Verdean girl came up to me with his mom. She's like, she's shy, but I want you to let you know that she knows your whole verse of this song and she do the whole thing, but she's like, you know, like the sunshine, a blind in this rhyme. Mine's refined because I took time in mind. 22 and true to this, my lips enlist truth to gift, uplift. You know, and she went on like to do the oh, whole wow. verse. And I remember in the middle, I'm like, did I swear in this? Did I say anything? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this was like very early in my career. And, and it made me realize, man, like I can't, you know, I can, but I choose not to going forward do anything that's going to be a detriment. At least, uh, you know, not everything that I've written has been positive, but it's mm-hmm. always been conscious, right? It's always yeah. been in the spirit of fighting for the life and the liberation of our people. And right. so, and so, yeah, that's at that local and global level. So okay. Okay. Global. I like it. I like uh, it. Yeah. So now let's talk about how you put spoken words to the paper. So you have a new project, which you were very successful at running a Kickstarter campaign. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Tell us about Planeta Blue. Yeah. Rise of Agu. Yeah. Planeta Blue, Rise of Agu is my debut album. Oh, debut album. Yeah, that was a while back. Debut graphic novel. I got it right here. There's a hard cover and a soft cover. 252 pages. Took me five years to write. And it really was a labor of love because during the whole time, you know, there was another side of me that's like, you got to write some rhymes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. put out another album. And people are like, when's mm-hmm. the new album? And I'm like, I'm working on this because it never let go of me. It came from telling bedtime stories to my kids and just mm-hmm. making and freestyling these stories. Always knew that I was, you know, a storyteller through music, but also knew that, I, you know, I, I could visualize these fantastic, oftentimes, you know, sci-fi, Afrofuturistic, super fantastic superhero stories. And so when I was telling these stories to my children, they seemed to get a lot of joy out of them. And I just, you know, say like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to write the story. And initially the lead was going to be about Tumek Cabral, who's still in it, named after Milka Cabral. But then you know, thinking five, six years ago, realized that, you know, we needed some sheroes in the storytelling. And mm-hmm. so the mm-hmm. Afro-Latina uh, sister emerged because um, although, I, you know, I'm, I'm not Puerto Rican myself, you know, I grew up with a lot of Puerto Ricans. My wife is Puerto Rican. My daughter's half Puerto Rican and West African. And I knew characters like Angel over here, who's her brother, had a lot of youth like Angel who we're far from being angels, right? And anybody who knows Angel as someone named Angel, they're not usually not angels. They're very mischievous and, you know, I wouldn't say bad kids, but sometimes they do bad things, let's put it that way. And Laris, who was named off of Grito de Laris, which is a town in Puerto Rico, which had an uprising and a revolt in the 1800s and were the only time that Puerto Rico was actually independent and it only lasted mm. for. Um, close to a day, uh, some hours. And so Laris is the lead. And then we also have Tyler, who is based loosely off of a 
childhood friend, Tyler, who moved, emigrated, but moved from Indiana and really shared another great artist, but shared stories about having been from Indiana and his town being a sundown town for many years, Mm -hmm. right? Where uh, there was a strong KKK influence Mm -hmm. in that town. And so these characters were characters that are dear to my heart, people who I know, youth that I know. And the beginning starts right in the south end of New Bedford in the near future in 2029. And it's really the story of these young people as they're just having a regular day, intelligent young kids, they're talented and gifted in the summer program. And they did just there doing a scavenger hunt. And then the sky just cracks in front of them. And, and this toxic fumes comes down, an apocalyptic attack by this guy, Xander, who's an oil tycoon billionaire turned evil world conqueror. And as this thing starts falling, some of the kids who are not on in the water actually start coughing. And then in the corner of their eye, they see what they think is, is shark fins and they get swept under the water. And when they come to and they look, it's actually dolphins. And it's a dolphin tribe has been sent to rescue them. And they're bringing them to this council meeting that's happening in the underwater city of Atlantis. And they have to represent the human race. Laris is being called because of her lineage mm. to represent the human race as the animals are being judging whether they're going to kill off the rest of the human population that survives this apocalyptic attack by Xander. So you can think maybe like the Hunger Games meets Narnia or maybe even the Jungle Book meets Harry Potter. So there's a lot of magic involved in it and some superheroism as they gain powers from the animals and the power of Agu. So that's a little bit of the story But it's really the intention is for young people to see themselves, see themselves represented. As we know, representation matters. As we know, Mm -hmm. young people, we're all inspired by stories. And I wanted to create the story, an Afrofuturistic story that tells some of the histories. We'll tap into like the Middle Passage. We'll go to South Mm -hmm. Africa and Mm -hmm. then we'll go to Colorado, back to Colorado and, and with the help of animals and some native American folks of the Utes tribe, the tribe that Utah is named off of, they really go after Xander and and try to stop him from unleashing more devastation. It's the first book of a trilogy. And so far, so good. The people who are reading it, young people and elders alike, parents and people who love the YA, it's it's for young audiences, genre. They've been really excited about it. And I'm excited that they're excited. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm from Colorado. I grew up in Colorado. Really? All right. <laughs> so, so, and it is yeah. on my gift list for my godson and things like that. So I'm really excited to share nice. to share that in. And so you have this idea and you know, you visualized it, you've been imagining, you've telling these stories. So then how do you make it a reality in terms of getting it published? and making it become this material reality. What, how did you make that? Yeah, happen? some of the steps, and I, and I tell people this all the time, is first of all, just start, right? 
And so I just started writing and it was thankfully such a freeing, fluid process. You know, I just needed to find the space, right? So I even had to, the later parts of, you know, getting close to finishing, I, I would even rent a hotel room close by mm. to my house, right? In the next town over, you know, nothing lavish, nothing expensive, maybe yeah. even a hole in the wall. And I'm sure. sitting in here just, just writing just so I could get away from the daily life sure. that sometimes beckons us to cook meals or, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. drop off the kid, drop off my daughter at daycare. So I just started writing and I knew it was important to actually write in a notebook because I don't mm-hmm. type as mm-hmm. fast. So I would just write it down mm-hmm. and then I would transcribe it in using my phone. I okay. would just dictate it. So I found ah, good. Yeah. apps and then I would just kind of talk it in. Still would have to go through and revise and find where the errors are because that wasn't always perfect. But mm-hmm. at least I was getting through the chapters. At least I was writing and getting to the end. And I had a, a great mentor and a great opportunity one time to go to this author's retreat at Knoll Farm in, in Vermont as an activist. You know, mm-hmm. people were like, hey, you, you should come and do this retreat. And I was like, thankfully, gladly, I'll go and spend some time in the rolling hills and the knolls of Vermont. And then I got invited again to as an author. And so that's where... This guy, Peter Forbes, I had a session with him and he just said, you know, do you know how it ends? And I was like, Mm -hmm. actually, I do know how this story ends. And that was important, you know, Mm -hmm. and everybody who's writing a story, find the ending, you know, because then it's easy to easier, (laughs) but it's easier to kind of connect those dots. Like, how do we get here? I know that they, I knew that they had to go to Colorado because that's where NORAD is located. Yeah, maybe not right, but <laughs> is, and I knew that Xander, this this evil dude, was gonna use nuclear weapons or threaten to use nuclear weapons, and I was like, okay, we're gonna go there, but we gotta go to Africa at some point. You know what I mean? So, so I was able to connect these dots that I could visually see, just close my eyes, and almost like a movie, just kind of transcribe these visions that were coming to me mm-hmm. in, in my imagination, and also I think from the ether. Anyone who's who's an artist knows that sometimes if you're in the right the right place and I call it touching source right return to the mm-hmm. source and I feel like you know this story needed to be told and because it's a story of the earth living on and in the story of water right water is life and connecting all these powerful messages that we've been told by our ancestors telling this adventure these young people and you know not to give any spoilers but it's not a tragedy right we win it's important <laughs> we win y'all it's so not without sacrifices we know and yeah. not without you know a lot of struggle but we get through we get through it we have to win <laughs> you know yeah. in a hopeful life yeah. continuing so once I wrote the long form I started pitching it to publishers and there were a couple of independent publishers that were interested but they wanted the long form and okay. I was like I was like, yeah, but no, I, I want this to be a graphic novel. And so serendipitously, um, someone introduced me to an artist that is also in the area, local, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the mm-hmm. time I was living in Hadley and he was living in Hadley and we got introduced. And this person was like, hey, I, you know, I, my neighbor is a great artist. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> send, me, send me, do you have something I can see? And she sent yeah. me the link to his website and it was Mike LaRiccia's website. And I was blown away. I was like, I think this might be the guy. Yeah. And so we met up and very like-minded family guy, loved hip hop and reggae and dance hall. And so we hit it off. 
And I started with a concept art. He was like, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. I can do some concept art. I could do the cover for you. And let's see where it goes from, what it leads to. And so I was like, sure. And I had to finance that. I was just like, mm-hmm. no, I, I believe in this dream. I'm going to pay up the money. And that's another. And I bring that up only to say that sometimes people are afraid and they want yeah. things to be free. And it's like, no, honor this other person. Bring people in. Pay them what they're worth. Even if you don't have the exact, like what they're worth, at least say like, hey, this is what I have. Can you do it for this? And most times if people believe in the project too, they'll get behind it. And I was mm-hmm. surprised, you know, at the price. Don't tell him this, but when he came back with, I could do all of this for this much. I was like, yes, let's do it. Like, really? <laughs> That's a steal. You know what I mean? Right. And so eventually in written form, it was about 115 pages. Okay. He said, you know, I was like, Mike, are you willing to do the whole book. And he he was like, let me look at it. He's like, yeah, I'm willing to do it. I can storyboard it and go through it. This is how much I'll charge you. And it's in the thousands, right? I don't want to give the whole sure. the, how, the whole figure is, but it's in the st- thousands. And I was like, hey, I have family. I have, re- first of all, I have a job, right? <laughs> I, I work, I, you know, I, I do my music. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm willing to invest my money, but I know a lot of other people who have money that don't know what to do with their money, right? We know people like that, right? And they, whatever, people can do what they want to do. But sometimes they're like, really? That You spent how much on those sneakers or how much on that? Whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I reached out to my network and so started doing some fundraising just within as far as looking for investors. And then Mike was actually the one who said, hey, what about Kickstarter? Should we, you know, let's do a Kickstarter campaign. And I was like, I don't know anything about that. I've never done any of that for any of my albums. If you think this would, he's like, I think so, man. And so we took the time and that's the other thing I'll say for anyone. Look, we took Mm -hmm. at least a couple of months, if not maybe three months, just getting all the assets ready, getting everything up, Mm -hmm. knowing that we could successfully reach the goal of $10,000 was what we were looking to reach Mm -hmm. to just, you know, kind of print the books was the idea. Mm -hmm. It costs more than that. Just once again, just to be transparent Mm -hmm. with folks, but Mm -hmm. Anything else, I think people need to understand if you believe in your dream, don't be afraid to take out a loan. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid to put your money where your mouth is. Most times, you know, we're in the nonprofit like, oh, we can get a grant. That's cool. But, you know, grants come with strings attached. And for me, I want this to be independent. I'm like, I'm a financier. I'm going to also get this Kickstarter and I'm going to make it happen. And and I'm so happy with the quality. Mm-hmm. That, it's gorgeous. Know, go online yeah. and see it. The colors pop, quality mm-hmm. good. It smells so good. You know mm-hmm. I mean? mm-hmm. Those of us who mm-hmm. like books and the smell yeah. of books yeah. and anyone who holds this, I'm really confident in the product that anyone that holds this in their hands, they will see the price tag, which is $30 at the back of it and say, yeah, it's worth it because it's quality and, sure. and it's going to empower my young person or myself to continue this life-giving force through art and music and, nice. and, and graphic novels. So Yeah, it's a gorgeous book, folks. And obviously in the show notes, it's going to be on there, but the website is Planeta Blue, Planet with an A and B-L-U without an E. Yes. <laughs> and so I love that. I love it. So in terms of now marketing and distribution of the book, yep. Comic-Con? Yes. Where, 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 where? Yeah, else? so... I mean, so first of all, you know, one thing is we ended up self-publishing, right? Independent publishing. So Mm -hmm. it's Aura's legacy. So that's my daughter's name. And it's to leave the legacy Mm -hmm. for her and my other sons, I and I, Soulja and Rasta, for them to continue 
if they choose to with the company, right? So sure. we're thinking long-term in that way. And sure. then, yeah, to your point about Comic-Con is to get it out there, right? So not only through social media, but whenever there's a conference and mm-hmm. Omicron, right? To, to rhyme with mm-hmm. Comic-Con is really, yeah. really dampering and just COVID in general, a lot of these abilities to get out there in person. However, we did have a very successful showing in Providence, Rhode Island. They had a Comic-Con in Providence and it was so well-received. Yeah, people loved it. People were taking pictures with us. We were actually in what we call cosplay, right? So there's a character here, Angel, who's who's wearing kind of a Bruce Lee-inspired sweatsuit and it's yellow and black there. And so- Myself, my son, and Mike, and my other son were all in these outfits that were strict, come, came right out of the book that had yeah. Planet the Blue in the front and Xander's logo in the back because it was kind of like the bad guy kind of thing that Angel had to go and if, had to take. And if you read the book, you'll understand why we okay. had this. But people like for those that are familiar with The Boys, which is a comic book and also a, a series on Prime Video. The boys, a couple of the characters were there and they were like, what's up with these sweatsuits? And they were so interested in the sweatsuits and the book, you know, and I gave A-Train and also the guy who goes by Mother's Milk. And I'm and I'm sorry for not knowing their actual actor names, but mm. two men of color, they were like so, and you can tell when people are just kind of like, oh yeah, that's nice. Because I had some other people that did that, right? At, yeah. at Comic-Con, but they were like, wow, this is so amazing. This is what I, I want to do, right? So people who are established and doing big things. So we shared contacts. I gave them the book. And so we're really confident at this because of here we are, an independent publisher with an independent title that no one's heard of, but the young people are telling their parents, like, I want it. People are looking at it, whether they're Latino or of color, they're like, I want this for my godson or my nephew or for myself because I love post-apocalyptic adventures or people who are like, oh, there's a climate, environmental edge to it. I want it. Or just like, wow, that art is phenomenal and amazing. Mm -hmm. I want it, right? And so we sold many books, (laughs) you know, really happy at the amount of books we sold and how excited people were to meet us and get the books in their hands. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's so exciting. So again, in the show notes. So speaking of how people are receiving it and thinking about the content, I'd like to ask you my mindset hack question. And so we want to know what is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack? And this is one that you can imagine or one that you know of. Mm -hmm. Mindset hack. Hmm. The thing that just comes to mind off the top is DYI. Do what you can yourself, right? And that was part of me even before reaching out to Mike. I'm a visual artist too. So I started drawing it. I started mm-hmm. creating the imagery and speaking into existence, this reality that this is going to be a Netflix series or a movie, Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. speaking it into existence, speaking the dream, knowing that when this becomes a movie, that the youth of New Bedford have to have opportunities and access to either voicing over if it's an animated or if it's a feature film, like to actually audition for the role. Right. Knowing right. that this is the intention around this book and that this helps to hopefully connect people to nature, connect people to life. So speaking, right? Speaking into existence, into the reality, what you want 
to manifest, right? I know that I'm a co-creator of this reality. I know that I wouldn't be here if my parents didn't think of this name Themistocles and, <laughs> and want me to be an orator, right? Because that that's who Themistocles was. Besides being a general, he also was a speaker, like a senator mm-hmm. and an orator. So yeah, do it yourself by speaking it into existence and doing as much as you can yourself, putting your energy, your vibration into what everything that you do, I think is important. Mm, that's a good one. That's a really good one. So part of, I'm asking this partly to kind of understand what some of your inspirations are, but I always ask this question. So the you that's not the working person and not the, and even partially part of the working person, because I'm interested in your inspiration in terms of things that you've read that Mm -hmm. have contributed. So what are some of your favorite reads and listens and watches? So, yeah, I mean, the autobiography of Malcolm X is Mm. uh, just really changed my life when I read it as a senior in high school. And then also Spawn, which is a comic book by Image oh. Comics. Yeah, because, and that's what when I realized representation matters because the, the main character is a black military guy. His best friend was black. His wife was black. His daughter was black. You know, so it wasn't just, once again, tokenism. It was just the story about this guy trying to redeem himself because he was a mercenary, if you will, for the government for so many years, and then and then a superhero. And so that was just a powerful story to see myself, but also image branched out off of Marvel Comics. So Marvel and DC, you think of the top two big comic book yeah. companies, but then there's image and then there's Dark Horse, right? And so a lot of independent companies branched out off of that. And so there's a blueprint there for it. And mm. so... I love a lot of Star Wars. I love a lot of Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. So the original Star Wars, right, go way back. And my father, one of the only times we went to the movies, I probably went to the movies like three times, but the very first time was to see the release of Star Wars. And I became a fan of that and believing in this world far, far away, in the galaxy yeah. far, far away, long time ago, right? So this, this kind of like play with time and space is really profound. But, you know, right now I'm watching even like, Sea on uh, Apple. Mm, sea is in the ocean or sea is in the ocean? Sea as It's an, another post apocalyptic okay. adventure with uh, Momoa, I forget his first name, but the guy who plays Aquaman <laughs> in DC uh, okay. world, but he's kind of world where in the future people have lost their ability to see. And, ah. uh, and there's only a, a few kids that are starting now to be born with the power of sight. And so there's this whole world where people are just using their ears to navigate the world. But here's these new kids who are of color. And I think maybe that's a connection that I really gravitate to. And they are trying to navigate this world where people with sight are seen as witches. And so they're usually killed or burned at the stake, like days of past, right? And so that's a really cool series that's out there. But I also listen to a lot of books on tape. I've actually been listening to Ram Das is a, mm, a great mm-hmm. spiritual <laughs> leader who's really fun. I, I love when the gurus, if you will, are also funny. And so he has mm-hmm. a lot of great jokes in the middle of his his teachings. But also Thich Nhat Hanh is a great inspiration of mine, mm-hmm. which is a Vietnamese yeah. teacher who's still alive. And I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to see him and read his books. He has a lot of profound stories. Another book I'd love to share with folks is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And he also has Beyond Fear. I think that one really Mm. hit me 
as someone who has a warrior spirit to go beyond this understanding of what fear is and, and what it does to us and how it feeds other energies out there. And for someone with uh, an imagination like mine, even if I don't respond to a lot of the, the hard religious teachings, the spiritual message is very, very evident there. And, and it has definitely liberated my being to be more of, of a fearless person. So Beyond Fear is awesome. And then as far as music, yeah, Kendrick. I mean, I, I still listen to the classics as far as Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, yeah. Bob Marley, especially during the pandemic. Oh, man, I was like, Marley is, right. <laughs> is at, my, as, at my core, along with a bunch of, if it's not hip hop for me, then it's reggae mm-hmm. or you know, K-Verdian music. Or, there's so much. I, I always try to let people know, especially with music, Let's not be lazy. I'm I'm from a generation where we had to go find it, right? Right, 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 right. Nowadays, people are like, oh, what is it? You know, it's like what people share or what bubbles up at their feed is what they're going to. But it's like, fine. There's a lot of great artists out there, y'all, that are doing a lot of good music. You just got to reach out to them, whether it's Chachi Carvalho from Providence, Rhode Island, See the Light, or your very own Tam Bless. Go check him out. There's a song called Blessed Unknown featuring Nako Bear from Medicine for the People, who's indigenous and Puerto Rican brother from Hawaii. Oh, um, Hawaii. I like that. Yeah. And uh, that song, you know, a lot of people seem to like because there's a spiritual edge to it, along with just rhyming and beatboxing. Cool. So, cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> you know, when you mentioned that the series C, and my mind immediately went to Blindness, by Jose Saramago and the Portuguese connection in uh-huh. that. So, so yeah, I just well, uh, yeah. thought of it. like Because that concept, a society where sight is gone and what happens? Mm, yeah. How, how do you, oh. what is it a commentary on and how humans adapt or not adapt? So, Yeah. Oh, totally. And I think we're so blinded by materialism and consumerism nowadays that that's why we can't even see our way out of this pandemic. You know? Right. And, will. I mean, it's very complicated not to make light of it or any way. I caught it myself and luckily it was mild. But the reality that like, what is the lesson through this challenge and struggle? Because we seem to be wanting to rush back to, you know, the same, the Mm -hmm. same, same, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that the same was killing us, you know, back to normal Mm -hmm. us and Mm -hmm. a lot of people. So Let's really sit with ourselves. And I say this to myself also, so not trying to preach to anyone, but even in my kind of rush to like, I got to get out to the comic cons and I got to get this book out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All in due time, you know, um, when the time comes, we always do stuff with the intention that it's for generations in the future. So even if, you know, even if I don't get my roses and I'm I'm glad I'm getting some roses now, right? Yeah. But we know that there's artists that it's only after they their physical is gone that now sure. their, their works really kind of come. Even Bob Marley, right, to, to mention yeah. one that, yeah. you know, during yeah. his time, people were like, yeah, he's good, you know, and, and, and he did achieve, not to misconstrue that he reached a level of greatness even while he was alive, but it wasn't until he passed that people really saw his brilliance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even MLK too, right? I mean, at mm-hmm. the time of his passing, people weren't feeling him because he was anti-war. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that was a very risky place to be. People were looking at him as irrelevant, but um, thankfully his message still lives on today. Yeah, Yeah. it's the visionaries that we have to then see forward, most definitely. 
and we are going to count you as one of those in the present. Thank you so much for blessing us with your time, your thoughts, your insights. I really, really, really appreciate it. I can't say enough. I'm just happy to see people seeing a vision, seeing it, making it happen. So we really appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. So before we go, do you have any last words for our listeners? Oh, man. Yeah. You know, be the soldier for love, general for Mm. peace, wage love in the streets. Yeah. Just do that, man. Just do anything that can be healing is, I think, the answer in this time is just put out medicine, y'all. Put out as as much medicine as you can because we definitely are dealing with a sick society. So as much as you can to explore inner space <laughs> is, mm-hmm. is important. So meditation, I believe in, in that also. And yes. so, and I yes. find a lot of comfort in that. So, you know, if, if you can find time to be still and ground yourself and listen to, you know, your inner voice is so important now more than yeah. ever. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Put out medicine. That's a good one too. Put out yes. medicine. Put out yes. medicine. And, yeah. and, and I like that you linked it with meditation. Oh. The meds are part of the whole part of it yeah lovely all right listeners you have been listening to another episode of local citizens you can catch us each and every tuesday with a new episode at www.glocalcitizenspod.com and wherever you get your podcast remember check out the show notes because you can find him blessed all the great people and personalities and content that we talked about during the conversation. I'm just very happy. I'm, I was taking vigorous notes because you get really good show notes this time, folks. So please check out the website, but you can also catch us wherever you get your podcast. So if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple, if you're on Amazon, check it out in other places, but check it out. So until next time, bye for now. <laughs>